Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you possible. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my live monthly training. On October 16th, I'm going to be talking all about the power and the how of routines. Now, to register, just click the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. On the show today, Alex Kuhn. He is the founder of Born to Lead. And on the show today, we're going to talk a lot about following your gut. Hey, listen, you were put on this planet for a reason. And I firmly believe that if you're not sharing that gift with the world, you are robbing the world. So enjoy this incredible conversation with Alex Kuhn. Alex, welcome to the show. Mark, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled you're here because we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, which I'll reveal in a few seconds here. But before we get started, why don't you tell us who you are and what do you do? Sure. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for having me on this podcast. As you know, I know I listened to the Emily episode and you know I'm a huge fan of Emily. So really love being here. But, you know, my name's, I'll keep it short and sweet. You know, my name's Alex Kuhn. I'm the founder of an organization called Born to Lead. And we work with those entrepreneurs that have the purpose, that have the passion, that have the mission, that really want to generate a movement. And we really help them lead that business to, yes, we talk about the incomes of six, seven, and eight figures, but more importantly, a business that aligns with who they are, resonates with who they they want to work with and intuitively gets them to go into where they want to go with their life. So that's what I do for a living. I'm very honored to do that every day. Yeah. Emily is awesome. She's been on my podcast twice and she's going to be on my LinkedIn live in the, in the coming weeks. She's a really sweet lady. Uh, if you don't know her, go connect with her on LinkedIn. That's where she is. Very nice person. So I was reading your story and one of the things that really appealed to me about your story is something that I think a lot of people go through, but they don't, uh, they don't like going through it. So when I got fired from my job in July 2005, I became an entre, entre, uh, entrepreneur. I didn't know what it was. I wanted to be one because it sounded like a really cool thing. Everybody was being an entrepreneur. But my first endeavor as a wedding and portrait photographer failed. I'm like, what? I didn't know. I didn't know entrepreneurs failed. And so I stumbled and bumbled around before I came into uh, the world of productivity. And you have failed over three years as an entrepreneur. So I want people to understand that just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're going to be an Elon Musk or you're going to be a Mark Cuban. There is a a growth curve and not everybody hits out of the park when they first start. No, Mark. I mean, what is that how it's supposed to be, right? You get an entrepreneur and listen, millions come in, you know, and like literally the Jets, the Lamborghinis, right? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. That's what it says on Instagram. <laughs> I, exactly. Is there, oh, yeah. Right. The uh, I always I always like and this is, you know, a joke. I always like to say, like, listen, like nobody ever wants to see me with, you know, the guys out in Los Angeles with the shirt off and sitting on my Lamborghini and on the beach or something like that. You know, like it's like, listen, what am I doing every day? I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to work out because that's that's the only time. I have when you have a 19 month old at home and he's oh. waking up and you've got that going on. Right. And obviously there's so many things going on, but that's like, to me, that's the life I love as an entrepreneur. And you're right. I mean, the first three years were just ah, a total disaster, Mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just a total disaster left and right. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think it does talk about the idea of, you know, people talk about risk being risk averse. 
I don't know about you, but I like to protect myself the best way I possibly can in any venture I go to. But I do think it has to talk about resiliency and really just that idea of how much do you believe that you're going to figure this out? Whether you have all the answers today or not, can you really figure out and just kind of keep going and take that step? And one of the things I talk about all the time, and even today, you know, even with my organization and all my clients, I say, listen, at the end of the day, you can tell me what your numbers are. You can tell me what the goals are. You can tell me what the vision is. But if you can't tell me exactly what efforts you're doing on the mm-hmm. day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis that are going to align and match where you want to go, then I-, I can't work. I can't help you at that point. And that was something I had to learn. I had to learn that, listen, just because you put in the effort doesn't mean it's going to always work. You have to look at it almost scientifically and say, this is, okay, I got to tweak this. I got to tinker here. I got to do this. I got to try this to ultimately find what worked for me and for, I think, many entrepreneurs. What was interesting for me is how I became a speaker and a trainer is, now remember, we're going back to 2005. And so I said, how can I promote my photography business? Because Facebook was brand new. Twitter was brand new. There was no Instagram or anything like that. And I'm like, how can I, because everybody's doing direct mail and this email thing was kind of new. And so I said, let me go to a, a lady in my church who was a professional speaker. I said, look, I got this idea. I want to go speak to groups and promote my business. And so she told me how to do that. And so the first time I spoke, I'll never forget, it was in front of the National Association of Women in Construction, the Houston chapter. And I was so nervous, Alex. I was sweating like you wouldn't believe. But my wife was there and she said the people, because I, you know, when, you, when you're really nervous, you're not really paying attention to what people are doing. You're just like trying to get through your presentation. And my wife says afterwards, she goes, everyone was on the edge of their seat taking copious notes and says, I think you got something here. So eventually I decided, okay, I want to be a trainer, want to be a speaker, but I didn't want to speak on photography. So I went through a couple different topics. And then one day, as the story goes, I was on the phone call with um, my, one of my coaches at the time, and I was not having a good day, to be honest with you. And he said, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I really love speaking. I want to help people. I want to train people, but I don't know what I should you know, train on. He goes, well, why don't you train on productivity? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? And he goes, well, you're one of the most productive people, you know, I know. And the rest, as they say, is history. But what's interesting is I failed at wedding and portrait photographer. But the one thing that came out of there is the thing I do now, which is speaking and training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so much of what we fail at often breeds what we will end up being successful at so many times. For me, you know, even before I got into the entrepreneurial world, you probably know and probably from your, what you read. I love leadership. Leadership is just something that I just geek out about, that I'm obsessed about. It's something that I really, truly have found as a topic, as a category, whatever you want to describe it as. It's something that I have found. And honestly, that's not how I got into the entrepreneurial world. Like I was very successful in my corporate and coaching life in athletic coaching as a leader. But when I got into this entrepreneurial world, I think that's one of the pieces that is so often missing. It reminds me, by the way, of my first speaking event where, you know, I did like 50 like free speaking events to work on the pitch and work on the topic. And I can remember I got that first, like there's a couple thousand dollars and I probably spent more money going to New York to do this speak than I actually made on it. But I remember like that same feeling that, you know, is this sweat and just like thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? How's it going to go, et cetera. And I'm in my mind, I'm building up this like, okay, it's a New York. York audience uh, coming from a little small farm town. They're going to like judge me left and right, (laughs) all these different things. But yeah, like you said, the rest of that is history. Same here. It's just that you're right. I mean, that those first three years of mine failed, you know, this athletic mindset coaching business, you know, this 
in essence, so many words, a life coaching business. And, and then finally, you know, I started kind of doing like dabbling, like in personal training and kind of doing that type of thing. And so I really discovered that, listen, what I really loved was leadership and really just saying, listen, I didn't need to be the person I need to work and lead people. And that's where I kind of found my, my jam. And what's interesting, because you mentioned about, you know, what efforts are people putting toward their journey? And Simon Sinek is really famous about knowing your why. And a lot of people don't know their whys. And I'll be completely transparent here. For the longest time, my why was to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, my why was when they came out with a new iPhone, I wanted it delivered first AM delivered the next day. I wanted to pay for the $70 shipping. That was not a big enough why. Now my why is... Really simple. My mom has got late onset Alzheimer's. Okay. She's a three year old living in a 76 year old body. My dad's 79 years old and he's caring for her because he doesn't want to put her in a home because you know, with COVID, you can't, he would never be able to see her again. So my why is to pay off all my parents' debts and to pay for a private caregiver. That's a big why. I've never had a why like that before. Now I encourage the listener. You need to figure out what your why is because I think you would agree on this, uh, Alex, that if you don't have your why, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. You need to have a big enough why that's going to drive you to get up every single day. Well, first off, I'm so sorry to hear about your your mom. and But I just think that just – it says a lot about you, Mark. It says the type of heart that you have and the reason that – the people I love to work with and the people I want to be around is the type of people like yourself that just, they're not doing it just for the fame and the glitz and they're not doing it just for, you know, let's be real, right? We understand that money is a necessity. I, sometimes I think of it as the oxygen of the business, but it doesn't mean that we need to take all the oxygen in the world. We just right. need enough oxygen to support our own dreams and our own visions and support those that we love. But you're right. There's no question that at the end of the day, the why is the integral piece the why is something that is not a, okay, let me sit down for a day and let me go on my walk retreat and let me, okay, I had two days away and now I know my why and I have it figured out. No, no, no. It's like, you know, now being a father, that's 19 months. I mean, well, my why has changed. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been in business now for eight years, my why drastically changed. And as soon as that little guy and I was holding my hands for the first time, my why drastically changed. My why became different. So it's not just a question of, okay, what is it going to be forever? And what is it going to be, you know, t- for the rest of my life? But what is it today? How have you changed? How have you transformed? How have you more? And I've seen that for myself. And as you're describing there, Mark, we're just, we're growing. So we got to continue to ask that question day in and day out. Why do you think so many people are faking it until they make it? They're pretending what their why is. They're they're posting these highly choreographed pictures on Instagram and Facebook about, you know, in front of the Lamborghini and the private jet. Why are they not being their authentic self? One of the entrepreneurs I really respect, except for his potty mouth, is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's always saying, be you. Mm-hmm. Be authentically you. Too many people are thinking they have to be many versions of Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary will tell you to be you. Matter of fact, I, I remember once because you know he's got a potty mouth, but one person asked him, uh, I saw one of his videos a couple years ago, and he goes, Yeah, you know, I'm trying to learn how to swear so I can be more like you. And Gary goes, What is your problem? If you don't swear, you don't swear just because you want to be me. You have to be you. And I think so many people are, they, they don't want to own themselves. They don't want to be self-aware of who I am. Like I'm a loud mouth. I talk fast. I talk loud. But if you don't do that, doesn't mean you're less of a person. That's who you are. Why do you think people are pretending they know what they're why instead of figuring out what it is? I think there's two reasons that I go back to time and again there. And I think the first one is that from a pure practical exercise perspective, it is 
tough. Mm-hmm. It is tough. It's actually, in some ways, I actually tell people, listen, the, the entrepreneurial world that's teaching the hustle and grind is easier than discovering your why, than discovering <laughs> your alignment, than discovering who you are and how you want to be in this world. And I think a lot of people are actually covering up because of the hustle, because of the grind. And this isn't me saying you shouldn't work hard. This is me just saying, listen, if you think that just working 16 hours a day, seven days a week and sacrificing everything, that's what this world is about. And just so you can hit that one goal, I don't think you're doing the deep enough work of what really matters to you. Mm. And then the second thing, and I think this goes back to people and we all have at some level, and I'm not saying that everyone has the same level of trauma, but I believe that most people that specifically in the entrepreneurial world have some levels of trauma. They have some level of pains. They have some level of hurts. And the idea is this question, are you feeling worthy enough to just be you Mm. and to show up as you? How many times do we talk about, you know, yeah, we kind of, you and Mark, we kind of make fun of the person who is, like you said, like they're putting out the picture that's clearly not real. They clearly, I mean, I know how many times, I mean, this is sad to say, but I know so many people that rented a Lamborghini from the store (laughs) and they took a bunch of pictures from it so they could have their branding kit, et cetera. And so that was what they wanted to do. So the question is, is why don't they feel good enough just showing up as who they are? Mm -hmm. Why do they feel like they have to put on a facade? Is it for other people? Is it to get clients? Is it, what is it for? But at the end of the day, that says to me something. It's like, listen, you don't feel comfortable enough within your own skin and you've not done enough work to feel like I'm allowed to share my warts. I'm allowed to share my vulnerabilities. I'm allowed to share my failures and still be okay and understand that I can achieve whatever I want or wherever I want to go in this world. Mm, that is so powerful. I remember several years ago when I spoke, I would be in the suit and I hated wearing suits. I felt claustrophobic. I didn't like being in the suit. And then I kept watching Gary V. He gets paid six, seven, and probably not seven, six high six figures. I think $150,000, $195,000 to go out and speak for 90 minutes. And he shows up in sneakers and jeans and a t-shirt. And, I'm, and one day it clicked in me. I'm like, wait a minute. They're not buying his outfit. They're buying what's between his ears. So I decided toward the end of my speaking career, I mean, I still speak. I just don't make it a priority. I, I show up in sneakers, jeans, and a polo shirt. If you don't like it, if you're more interested in my wardrobe, then it's not a good fit because that's me because I'm very active on stage and I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. But to your point, I think we all need to be ourselves. And if you don't like wearing a suit, then don't wear a suit because the meeting planner wants you to wear a suit to say, listen, I don't wear a suit. It's just not a match. It's not, it doesn't work out. That's okay. Cause you can't take every event that comes, every opportunity that comes your way. But I think we all need to be ourselves. Too many people are being chameleons. They'll, they'll change for this meeting planner and then they'll do it differently for this meeting planner and they'll do it different for this one. And they're not being authentic. And I think your point is very valid. We need to be authentic so people know no matter where we are, we're the same person. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, mrproductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. It reminds me of a speaking event I did. I think it was about 
I mean, with COVID, I'm so losing track of time anymore. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, wait a second. Oh my gosh, it's been almost a year. Wow, that's crazy. But I remember a corporate. It was a corporate event, and right, everybody in the audience is sitting there in suits and ties, and you know, really dressed up. And here I am in my. I mean, literally, what I wear pretty much every single day is either dark blue jeans or some sort of golf slacks. I wear a shirt that's just like this. And that's it. That's at the end of the day. That's all I wear pretty much every single time. And sometimes I'll wear, I guess, motorcycle boots or tennis shoes. doesn't really, whatever I'm feeling, what I want to wear. But I remember the, the CEO of this company, he came up to me and he goes, he's like, Alex, man, he's like, I really love the speech. I love everything. He's like, I just, you know, I wish that I could show up every day at work wearing like blue jeans and a t-shirt or something like that. And I said, well, why don't you feel like you can? He's like, well, this is this is corporate America. Alex. I mean, this is how we're supposed to dress. And I said, I just said, do you think that honestly they would respect you less if you dress differently or dress more comfortable? I'm not saying wear your white shirt with food stains all over that you wear for the football game on Sunday. I'm just saying, do you think if you just dressed in some nice clothes that are more comfortable, you think people would respect you less? And you can just tell in his mind, he was just thinking. He was like, hmm. And because there is this I don't know zone, right? I think Brene Brown talks about it best where it's like, once you go past this gate of what you know, there is this this land that Mm -hmm. you're all alone and you don't know what's going to happen. And as Brene says many times, and I think I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, anybody, really doesn't even entrepreneur, anybody. It's like, listen, beyond the what you don't know, there is a home for you, a place mm-hmm. where that you feel, where you fit. And as you're talking about authenticity, that's what I feel. I think people are so afraid because there is this gap between what I have to control versus what I really should be like. And there's this gap that's, it's scary. You can be alone. It can be in your head, but once you get through it, man, on the other side, it's just a, it's a beautiful place for yourself to be in. I would never run for president, but if I ever was president, I would be the guy in jeans and t-shirt. Okay. We have work to do. I'm not going to wear a suit. I'd be going to the UN speaking in the jeans and the t-shirt. That's who I would be. I would not change. And I know it would horrify all the lifetime politicians. They'd go, what is he doing? I'm like, I'm comfortable. I work all day. Cause you think about it. The president, unlike the rest of us mere mortal human beings, we can't take time off. I mean, like currently right now, President Trump is our, the leader of our country. He can't say, hey, Mike, Mike Pence, I'm going to take two weeks off. You're in charge. He can't do that because he's constitutionally elected. And whether you like the guy or not, whether it's Obama or Clinton or Bush, doesn't matter. When you're president, you're president 24-7, 365 until you're not president. I couldn't imagine that. I need my time. I'd be watching something on TV. What was the problem in North Korea? Uh, shows on, got the way. So I could never be president. Plus, there's the fact that by def- by default, half the people hate you. And I don't like people hating me. I'm sure some people do hate me, but I, I could never be the role. But if I was, I would be wearing just what I wear now. I, I wouldn't wear a suit and tie. I don't care how politically correct it is. I have this rule in my house because I, I get a lot of emails. I get, I mean, I get probably like a hundred a day from people, whether it's like from Instagram or here. And I actually have a rule. Like I can, as I've gotten into this game, as you said, I don't like to be hated. I, I just don't. I don't like the, the negativity. I can take more than I used to. And a lot of it just doesn't really affect me. But there's just some days that some people just write and they say the wrong thing. So I actually just now have a rule where Susan just goes through all my emails. <laughs> and before I actually get some of those messages, you know, some are obviously more constructive than others. But at the end of the, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're building this business, like you and I, Mark, to be what we want it to be in our life, not what everyone thinks it has to be mm-hmm. there. And it, it reminds 
reminds me, it's funny you just talked about one of my, my good friends, you know, he works for, um, he's a lobbyist, he works for the Trucking Association. And he talked about that the Donald Trump is doing a, a rally somewhere. And he called this, the Trucking Association at midnight. And they said, hey, we want three tractor trailers at this event. And he gets a call at 1 a.m. in the morning and says, okay, we got to figure out what we're going to do, yada, yada, et cetera. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, that is not a life I want to be in. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, never want to be a president. No desire. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, one of the things you alluded to earlier that you help people get six and seven figures you know, income, I think you maybe alluded to eight figures. And when people hear that, they're like, I want that. But they don't realize it's a lot of work. It's not like you can go, you hire Alex and poof, you make seven figures. It's not that easy, right? Or am I, am I misunderstanding you or is, it, is there a lot of work involved? <laughs> I, I've got this wand that I just don't share with people there. And I just say, ding, this is how it happens. Oh, okay. So you have different pricing levels. So the one gets you five figures. Another one gets you six. Oh, that's, that's, fa- that's a it great. It gets bigger, right? The wand gets bigger. When I get the eight figure wand, I got to like literally call it in. I got to get the contractors to lift it for me. So. <laughs> So tell us about that. How how do you help people get to that level of income? Sure. You know, everybody is, I think one of the things that I struggled with, I think a lot of times we end up building something we feel like, well, this is what I struggled with ultimately helped me kind of discover what worked for me. And I, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people love to say, listen, I, if it wasn't for finding the coach, if it wasn't for finding the consultant and don't be wrong, I've had some amazing coaches and amazing consultants in my world. But I've actually kind of gone to the point where I realized, I said, you know what, I, I invested so much money in my first three years or four years, and there's definitely lessons of pieces that value me. But I think one of the things that we're missing is that what are you, who are you, what are you about, and how should you build the business around mm-hmm. you and your strengths and your truly your own leadership zone? So a lot of the clients I get into, you know, whether they're six, seven, eight, I've got some 10 figure clients I work with time and time again, is really kind of comes down to this is that at the end of the day, as a leader, what is it that aligns with you? Who do you resonate with? And intuitively, what feels right and wrong for you? And so often most, I'm not a coach or I'm not a mentor that's going to sit there and say, well, here's my system. Go do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is how you're going to do it. Just like the other day, I was, I was speaking to a, an older gentleman. You know, He was in his 60s. He's been struggling for a decade there. And after one session, he was like, oh my gosh, I could actually build the business this way and it would work. And it was just this light bulb moment to mm. understand that, listen, you can actually build a business that actually works for you. And the thing that you alluded to, Mark, you know, this idea of six, seven, eight figures, and it's, it's really like, oh, that's very attractive. I want that. What I have found is this. This is what I found time and time again. We use actually a barometer called the 20K mark. And what I mean by that simply is this, is how fast do you want to make 20K in your business? Do you want to make it over the course of a year? So that's like a part-time job, right? Or part-time work or a part-time salary, right? Mm-hmm. 40K, maybe some parts of America, you can make that as a living. But, you know, I think it's it's on the lower end for most people. Now, if you're starting to do 20K per month, that means you're doing about 200 to 250K per year. Mm-hmm. And what I found, and not only personally, but scientifically, it says this, that people's fulfillment, people's happiness, people's joy doesn't change from those that are making 200,000 all the way up to 200 million. They've really? not found a statistical difference. So when I ask somebody as they continue to grow, my question is this, is you can continue to go to the next step 
but you're now going to have to accelerate something else in your business, which means you're going to have to increase your time, energy, and resources investing into it to get to that next level. Not saying that's good, not saying that's bad, but that's just what it takes. So you got to ask yourself, is this the level that I want to play at? Another client who's in our Born Elite as an example, right? Well, let's, let's forget the six, seven, eight figures. We have a, a gentleman, you know, he's building, he's bringing about three to five K per month. He is an incredible individual. He loves his job. He only coaches maybe one or two hours a month. He's bringing an extra 5K per month. He's got two kids. He's got an amazing wife. He has his weekends back. That's He's happy. He's happy with his lifestyle. So for me, at the end of the day, what's more important is not the dollar amount that people achieve, but truly finding that lifestyle in conjunction mm. with the business they want to run that matches who they are, what they want to be, and what fits for them right here, right now. I love that because Gary talks a lot about that. He he says, you know, you need to strive for self-awareness and being happy. He goes, if you want to work 40 hours a week and you like two and a half weeks vacation a year and you like your three-day weekends, you want to play Fortnite every, you know, from Friday when you go home from work until you, before you go to work on Monday, if that makes you happy – he has no problem with that. The problem he has is when people are doing that, but they're complaining because they're not making six figures. So I believe people need to strive for happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got an aunt. She's 83 years old. She served this country in the army. She's a therapist. She still has a lot of military people calling her because they're dealing with, you know, the COVID issues and stuff like that. She loves what she does. And as you know, a therapist doesn't make a lot of money, but for her, it's not about the money. It's about helping people. And I think you, we, you, me, everyone listening, we need to find out what makes us happy. You don't look at the money. And for so long, I did that very thing. I was looking at the money. I thought the money was going to make me happy. Then I heard uh, Dave Ramsey. Uh, I took his financial peace university um, a couple of years ago with my wife. He says, money's just a magnifier. So if you're broke and you're unhappy, when you're rich, you're going to be unhappy because it's just a magnifier who you are. There are a lot of people who are poor who are very happy. So money is just a magnifier. And when I heard that and I finally got it through my cranium, like, ah, oh, it really, really sunk in for me then. I, and, and being somebody, I can say this for me that, you know, even I've, I built before the business I have today, I built two other multi-million dollar businesses. And, you know, I can tell you this is that I, my, my second business uh, was a digital marketing agency and that was on track to do hundreds of millions, right? It's, it's those, it's that story you read about in the front of Forbes <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. And that was the track we were on, but I was miserable. I was miserable. I was a CEO of what people thought was the most successful company. But meanwhile, without getting the too many details for legal reasons, it was not going to work between the partners and I, mm. it was just draining energy sucking. I can literally remember waking up so many times in the middle of the night and just, I mean, bawling, just crying, like just wow. with like, just because I was so emotionally drained and over it. That was like, this is not, I, I don't want to go to the lawyer's office the next day. That was what I was doing almost every single day, going to the lawyer's office about this problem, about that oh, problem, about this problem, about please. that problem. It was like, this is not the life. So I just said, listen, you know, cause we couldn't figure out, buy me out. I'm moving on. So, and that rest is history. That was about 2000, end of 2017. So that's when I started this and really got into, said, you know what? I said, screw it, Mark. I'm doing what I, I'm doing, what I'm passionate about. I'm just getting back into, I, like, I got into this to coach, to mentor, to train, to speak, to do those things. But the topic I love is leadership. Mm. The topic I wanted to get into is leadership, culture, and talking about those as not just the, what do you want to call it? The, 
the, the big piece, the big price, like, oh, leadership is a wonderful topic. Oh, that sounds great, et cetera. But no, really talking <laughs> about leadership and culture as foundational marks to grow your business and grow your dreams and then grow what you really want out of this life. So that's, again, you're right. It's not, it's just, it's a huge amplifier of what you're feeling at that moment. So let's, let's go back on the time machine. And I want to ask you this question. I want you to think about this. What do you know now? on September 24, 2020, that you maybe knew younger. Now, you can pick how far back we go in the time machine, but what lessons do you know now that you said, oh, my goodness, I wish I knew that in the beginning of my career? Yeah, I always tell this. This is a story that I love to share, and I, I, I've shared it so many times, but it's still my favorite story. My my father and I have a great relationship, and even to this day, we talk every single day, and still I consider my greatest role model, still consider my best friend in so many ways. And about nine years old, we always had this relationship. I was a big swimmer and we always just had this relationship where we just, we just jazz each other. We pick on each other. We try to get a rise out of each other, even as a nine-year-old. And I was, I had a great swim practice and I came to my dad and I said, I told him, I said, listen, you can't do anything to make me mad today, dad. There's nothing that you can do to, to say something to make me get under my skin. And my dad looks at me as you're sure. Cause I can do it in one sentence, Alex. And I, said, <laughs> I said, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You're not going to do it. And all of a sudden he goes, all right, Alex. He's like, listen, Alex, I think you are a follower. And I think you like to do everything else. Everybody says you should do. And even as a nine-year-old, I can remember just going like, (laughs) I was so frustrated. (laughs) I was so mad. And if I really look back at that moment in my life and think about something today, I mean, I was always meant to just go down a path that was my own to create my own path, to be a trailblazer. And it's not like saying I'm sitting here and ungrateful for my experiences as a a going to college and going down this path or going down that path. But I think at the end of the day, what I realized is that so much of what I wanted to do in my life, there were so many signs along the way. Mm. And that was the first sign. And there was another sign where my parents were in Amway. So I got to go see the Les Browns, the Zig Ziglers, the, wow. the Charlie Tremendous Jones, yes. you know, and see those speakers. Those, and, and they were the ones who I said, wow, how can they command a room with just their words? I want to be able to do They can get thousands of people just to stop, listen, take notes and watch. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't do it. I wasn't doing it. I was, you know, because I I did well in school, you know, because people did see me as a leader. I took on these leadership responsibilities that, yes, I was able to help those organizations, but they didn't align with what I wanted my life to be like. And there were signs along the way. So the lesson I, I sit here continuously day in and day out is as we get older, I think we start to rationalize more. Well, let me think about this. Let me analyze this. Let me plan (laughs) this. Let me do this. But at the end of the day, time and time again, the best decisions I've made in my life and also the worst decisions I made in my life were either in correlation or opposition of my intuition. And that is what I think time and time again that I continue to try to not only share with my clients and share with my even my 19-month-old son and my wife, but more importantly, live day in and day out with. Charlie Tremendous Jones has one of my favorite quotes of all time. In five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. I first heard that and it's ingrained in my brain because it's true. You determine how you're going to grow by what you read and who you hang out, hang around with. So if all you're doing is playing Fortnite and you have loser friends, guess where you're going to be in five years. So be very intentional about who you're hanging around and what you're reading. So Alex, where can we go to find out more about you and your company? Sure. Uh, you know, there's only two, the two simplest ways and I'm probably like you, Mark, I'm a, 
I have a wonderful team that allows me to do what I love best, which is connect with people. So the best ways to connect with me and not just, you know, my team, but personally with me is you can go to my website at alex Kuhn. I know my last name is a wonderful thing to spell. It's K-U-H-N. It's <laughs> alex-kuhn.com. You can go ahead there. And if you want to join my email list, you know, listen, it's not just another fluffy email that sends a motivational quote. No, I really get deep, dig deep and dive in leadership. So you can join there and you can also follow me on Instagram. Instagram. I was on LinkedIn, but you can also follow me on Instagram at Alex Kuhn, CEO. And if you're there, listen, I, I, I don't care if you ever spend a, a dollar with me. I don't care if you ever work with me in this. Like, I really want to see, I, I just see a problem with the entrepreneur career where more than 90% and there, there's a little bit. I'm not saying say every entrepreneur should be successful, but I think that if 90% are failing, we're doing something wrong. Mm. And I think one of the reasons is that people aren't really aligning with the business of really what they want and finding that intuitive piece. So if you're listening to the show, message me on LinkedIn or Instagram there, and we'll send you our success DNA course just for free. I just want to give you something there that really help you along the way, regardless if you ever work with me or not. Alex, this has been uh, an incredible conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Likewise, Mark. I appreciate you. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.